My name is Tim. My name is Dante. And I'm Murphy Durfee. And this is Go Mode, a link to the past randomizer podcast. So I'm bringing in a slightly different energy uh, than last time, certainly, and, and just kind of from, you know, different from all the other times. I'm sitting cross-legged right now. Interesting. Uh, what is that going to do for you? Um, well, so far, it's giving me this, I, I kind of feel like a guru, you know, like I, I'm very calm and poised and my, <laughs> my back God. is straight. And I just, I feel like a little bit uh, smarter, like I could do a better job educating people when I sit like this. I know that's wrong. I It's not true, but I feel that way. I can, I <laughs> Maybe can I try it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys able to sit cross-legged in your computer chairs, or, or would it not? Uh, All right, yeah, I so, think I might have trouble with my uh, armrests here if I try that. All right, so is it cross-legged like your ankle is resting upon your knee, or cross-legged like you've got your knee overlapped into like, for lack of better phrasing, your knee pit, like, like the under part it, of your knee? Are you, are you cross-legged like that? It no, it's an on top. It's it's a very like Western. It's it's not like the true like form you know that that you would want to actually have your legs crossed, but it's just a very comfortable. You know, I got long legs, I'm kind of a tall guy, so just like getting them curled up, just you know sitting them here. It's I don't know, it's working for me right now. I'm glad I'm glad you're feeling that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys? Are you gonna try it or no? I mean, sometimes they sit like that unintentionally. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but now I'm I'm gonna be hyper aware <laughs> if I decide to sit like that. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up real quick before we get into our news is, uh, Dante, we're bringing you specifically today a triple A episode. Oh my! Are you excited God. about that? When you proposed that and told the title or the the triple A portion, I, I was I got a little nervous. I was like, Oh no, I'm gonna have to do a whole lot of extra work. <laughs> <laughs> No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't saddle you up with all that. Uh, but I did realize, and kind of coming up with a topic that uh, the first kind of title that popped into my head for it was a AAA title, and I was like, okay, well, that's that has to be it. Uh, but we, what we are going to talk about today is an episode that we're calling "All About Ansela." And if you've been in the community for, you know. I don't know, any really any amount of time, probably at some point, you've heard people talk about Ansela, and it's related to the code of the game. And for a long time, it was really confusing to me. And so I just decided, like, I just want to do some research and ask some people and try to figure out, like, more that I can about Ansela and how those glitches work. And um, I've done a lot of research, and I'm excited to tell you all what I've, what I've learned. And hopefully that's uh, interesting and or helpful, or hopefully both. So yeah, we're looking forward to getting into that. But before we do that, as always, we gotta we gotta get into news. So one thing that I was thinking about here um, is whatever we talk about at the beginning, that's always kind of like the main thing in the community. And I was trying to think of a good way to like phrase that, other than you know main thing, which is not a great uh, term. Uh, and I was thinking it's like our headliner. So like the first thing that we talk about, I think in each episode is like this is the headliner. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's what, that's what we're going to do right now. The headliner this time, I think is going to be the league season three. Um, that's kind of the main event, uh, that will be starting pretty soon. And Dante, uh, being one of the admins for the league has some more details on the way it's going to be set up, the format, uh, all that good stuff. So Dante, if you would please enlighten us on some league season three details. 
So we are at our point of having 32 uh, or really close to our 32 teams uh, for the Invitational. The open structure we've been talking about, again, uh, it's just, again, it's going to be when and how many people will sign up. So we will be basing it on that. We're not going to turn any team away. So uh, the thing here is open and invitational. The plan is to have them playing the same modes every week. Uh, and we're going to go through these super quick because I feel like they're a little self-explanatory. Switching things up a bit. Week one, co-op, info share, open all dungeons. So we're bringing that back, bringing it back early though. Week two is going to be your standard open defeat Ganon, and I said standard, but I mean like your typical, not standard mode, just open mode, defeat Ganon. Uh, week three, that's actually standard, the actual standard mode. Uh, it's going to be assured sword, starting boots, defeat Ganon, you know, the slang for it, casual boots. Uh, week four, that is going to be another type of co-op week. That is our spoiler keys week, so the spoiler open mode, defeat Ganon, key sanity, where the pilot has the spoiler log upon the seed start. I'm really looking forward to that because that one's a ton of fun. Week five, we are going to revamp our mystery weights. There's been a lot of changes with mystery in the last three to six months where you can do a lot of cool customizer stuff. So we are going to potentially be doing a lot of that. We'll see what our weights are. We haven't officially posted those, so that'll be... They might be out by the time this episode's out, though. Uh, week six is an open all dungeons key sanity, or as everyone loves it, 80 keys... So, uh, you know, I, I, we're doing that. Uh, week seven <laughs> is another co-op info share week. It is going to be an open defeat Ganon, not all dungeons, but it's going to be an enemy shuffle and full ball shuffle. So basically this is going uh -oh. to be your preset enemizer, but it's going to be co-op. So that kind of makes enemizer week a little less tough or maybe a little more tough depending on your item loadout. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, that's a uh, what 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 inspired uh, having two two modes that were uh, co-op info share just be popular demand. Popular demand. Everyone loves it. It's a situation of we all like the team aspect. How can we do more team aspect things? And we are gonna give this a shot. Uh, if you did notice, there is no cross keys this year. It was. Mm -hmm. Uh, a tough decision, but we are gonna. Or I say this year, but this season, we're gonna we're gonna go with this. We're gonna see how it goes. There's gonna be a slight chance of some entrance in mystery, so that could pop up. We don't want to make it too predictable in mystery, but the uh, the particular cross keys week uh, that has gone by the wayside, and we'll see how that goes for season three. Nice. Okay, so that's the uh, regular season, I guess, as it were. The the modes for that. Yeah, and uh, switching gears to playoffs, it's going to be very similar where players have a designation of a pendant, courage, wisdom, and power. So, you know, game one is the courage players. That's just going to be an open 7-7. Seven, seven. Game two is going to be wisdom players. That used to be Ambrosia. Now we're getting everyone's favorite, casual boots. Uh, that will be that game two. And then games three and then four and five, if necessary, get a little more interesting. Uh, we took a lot of feedback from how things went last season and some of our own preferences as well. So we're going to have six categories, um, and I'll get to those in just a moment. But the higher seed's going to get to pick a category first and modify a setting in that. The lower seed will get to pick an additional category that has not been touched, like of the five remaining, uh, and they get to modify something. And then it goes back to the higher seed to pick a third category. 
uh, and they get to modify a setting in that as well. After that, Sahabot will then randomize the options from the three remaining categories, and that's how we're going to figure out what mode we're going to be playing for games fun. three, four, and five. Those categories really quick, because I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, because it'll all be in the dock. Um, your goal, so all dungeons, defeat Ganon or fast Ganon, that's one category. There's world state, open standard, or inverted. Swords would be, you know, assured, randomized, vanilla, swordless. We may see a lot of, you know, defense picks here, you know, with the randomized sword, so we don't have to play swordless. We'll see. Enemizer, uh, mm -hmm. uh, this may be weighted in a way, so it's not, you know, equal between completely off and then just overworld enemies or just bosses or the full Enemizer shuffle. So we'll have that as an option. Then we have our dungeon item shuffle, so standard, maps, compasses, maps, compass, small, and key sanity. So we have, you know, potential for all that. That might be weighted as well. Uh, we don't have that fully done yet. And uh, then just the item pool, whether it'll be normal item pool or hard. Not functionality, this would just determine, you know, hey, do you get, say, you know, three swords total, or do you get four? Or, you know, do you get 14 hearts or 20? You know, something yeah. along those lines. But yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting take. It's kind of a nod to the 2018 fall group stage, where the game three in the group stage between players was completely... You know, you got to pick something or veto stuff, and then the rest was randomized. So uh, I think that made for some fun matchups, and we'll see how it goes for the playoffs. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I love the idea of the randomized playoff mode, of course, being randomizer, you know, that we're playing. It, it just feels fitting to have that be an element, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So one thing I did want to ask you about is uh, the separation between the Invitational League and the Open League. Uh, I we do know that there's going to be 32 teams in the Invitational, but we haven't yet uh, had the announcement of those teams. Uh, today, is, by the way, I should say it's uh, Saturday, September 12th, as we record this. Um, is Tuesday Tim going to cut in with any info on that, or, or are we still not going to know um, Tuesday, for, for a little bit? Tuesday Tim might cut in on that. Uh, I'm not sure when we're going to announce the teams. It's going to be probably more so after we you know, get some open signups and see how many teams we have in that as well. And yeah, we want to get a good balance uh, to cap off our invitational and, you know, open, like I said, we want to, we're going to have like a structure laid out in this document as well. I do want to point this out, how you get, uh, I think it's called relegated and promoted. Um, mm -hmm. okay. So how uh, you're going to have the potential if you're in the open league, like it's like, well, I guess I'm not one of the cool kids. No, that's not the point. Uh, we're not trying to gatekeep you or anything like that. It's more along the lines of, all right, how can we promote healthy competition and at the same time reward those who are playing well? So yeah. basically the way that's going to work, the top four of the open league will get promoted to the Invitational League if they so choose to accept that invitation uh, going forward for the next season and what's going to happen is the lowest team in each of the four divisions, I think I'm wording, yeah, it's conferences and then the smaller divisions, but the uh -huh. lowest team finishing in the regular season of each division of the Invitational will get relegated back down uh, to the Open League and then, you know, have to fight for a chance to come back up. Kind of kind of a nod to, like, the English Premier League and soccer, the way that works as well, um, mm -hmm. if you're familiar with that at all. Or no, not at all. <laughs> or football, as, as it were, you know, in Europe. 
Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's cool. I think that I mean that sounds very fair to me. I like the idea that you know you can work your way up from from the open to invitational. Um, so that yeah, that's a that's a cool um, it's a cool way to do that. Have you have either of you seen the movie Semi Pro with Will Ferrell? Yeah, it's been a long time though. I don't remember much about it. <laughs> yeah, it has a similar premise. Interesting. What were you gonna say, Herf? Have you seen it? No, I was just saying I haven't seen it. Oh, it's the yeah, it's one where he's got like this huge afro and it's in the seventies and yeah, it has a similar <laughs> kind of thing where there's like a uh, you know farm team of the uh, NBA that has to like work their way into the league and yeah. Anyway, um, is that it for league stuff? Yeah. Is there anything else, Danty? Thank you, thank you for the uh, information. Um, definitely looking forward to that getting kicked off. Uh, I think I might try to put a team together for the open league. Do it about it. Do it. Okay. You and Herf. Do it. <laughs> Let's go. I believe. You, uh, me, and, and one other lucky SOB. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk We'll talk about it. Well, I'll, I'll work on Herf. Um, cool. Okay. Uh, so just a quick mention of tourney update stuff. Uh, I, we're pretty much done with most of them. There's a couple that are still kind of chugging along. The Cross Keys tourney um, still has about five folks in it. Uh, the Spanish tourney is still down to finals, I think. It seems like maybe they've they've uh, put a hold on it or something, or maybe just haven't updated the challenge. But either way, uh, we'll check back in on those right now. Not not a whole lot to report. What I want to talk about now is something that Tuesday Temp alluded to in the last episode. Uh, unfortunately, it was announced uh, after we recorded, but before the episode came out, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it. But now we can. Quick Swap was approved. Uh, for the league season three, all of those modes that Dante just said, those will have quick swap enabled in them while while the league team members are playing, and also the latter season four is going to have quick swap enabled in all of its modes as well. Um, I mean that basically just means that like everyone is going to start using quick swap. I think when you have the highest level of uh, competition using it, and then the most widely available racing platform using it it's going to go from the top down and, and soon even the most casual of, of folks are going to be automatically generating quick swap is, is kind of what it seems like is happening here. So with that being said, I wanted to open it up to you guys. What do you see in our quick swap enabled future for ALTTPR? How's this going to change things? Well, I think I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of it. Let's start like this. I'm, uh, I understand all the naysayers and all the people who think it's going to change everything big time, but I'm a fan of it, and uh, I think it will be a change of some sort. People will need to get used to it. Um, I talked a little bit about the whole thing on our Discord already, and I kind of compared it to where I think it's it's definitely a skill, so saying it's not a skill is maybe not right, but for me it's less of a skill and more of a thing that you kind of have to get used to in a way i compared it to you know knowing if you'd rather walk or flute somewhere or save and quit instead which one you know feels better or saves more time in the end is kind of what you actually want to do with that mm-hmm. and i feel like using quick swap effectively is sort of the same we'll we'll probably get into more details here in a little bit but it's uh, it's not just you know oh quick swap is enabled I never have to menu again that's that's definitely not how it works. Mm-hmm. So um, I I think for people who don't play a lot that might sound surprising 
that there will still be instances where you would want a menu instead of use the quick swap with the L and R buttons. Can you think of a few uh, situations where that would be the case where you'd still want a menu? So just in general, I personally think a quick swap is a thing that you use much more at the beginning of a seat when your inventory isn't very full because then you get the most out of it because you only have a couple of items to switch between and it's quick to cycle through and everything. But makes it, sense. imagine having a really full menu and going from like, I don't know, the bow to the cane of Berna or something weird, you know, something that's kind of in the middle. You can quick swap in both directions, but it's going to be like six or seven presses at least in one direction. Yeah. And uh, there's a good chance you will overshoot it or uh, that you'll have to correct, you know, you, you undershoot it and then you have to press one more time and then you think it's two more. That's, you know, there's a lot of dangerous situations. One big example I like to use that I also do all the time is you want to quick swap back to your bow and you're going in reverse with the L button and you overshoot it just by one because you forgot Ooh. that you ran out of bombs or something. So you, you know, you think you have your bow equipped and then you press the button and suddenly you're at the entrance of the dungeon instead of shooting an arrow. So, you know, how much time does quick swap save you there? Dang. Uh, I that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Oh, it, it, it happens in mystery already. Like I've it seen happens. that in multiple times. Wow. That's the kind of thing that, yeah, I don't think a lot of people first think about when they hear something as simple as, oh, now the L and R buttons can be used to switch around items. There's, there's a lot more that goes into it. And that's why I kind of, you know, I do want to take a little bit of time to talk about it. Uh, one of the things that I think is going to be really nice is all of these places in the game where, uh, there are small little time changes, uh, time saves where it's like if you could switch to this item and then use it here, you could, you know, dash across the room faster or, um, you know, be invulnerable in this section. Well, now, you know, you can quick swap while you're walking to whatever it is and just go ahead and do that thing. And you don't have to account for that. I don't know, two or three seconds that menuing to it would take you. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see the, you know, the really like the upper echelon, like not the kind of stuff I'll probably be thinking about a lot, but the kind of stuff that like, you know, the, the upper echelon of players will be doing to really like shave every second off of every seed um, by like doing these quick swaps to maybe in some people's opinions, more kind of minor items, but like, squeezing a couple seconds here and there out of, out of the entire seed. So I think that'll be really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah for there's, sure. There's definitely a ton of examples like that. Pretty much any time you use a bomb, for example, is, you know, somewhere where yeah. you can shave off a little bit of time. Yeah, so that will uh, that will definitely be fun. Um, we do have, uh, there. I think there are a couple options sort of along the lines of what I was talking about that, um, that Dante, you've added into our outline here this is just a, again just a couple of, of examples of sort of what i was talking about but do you want to share a few of these just to get kind of get people's gears going i guess i mean sure i mean these are some of the big big ones i've seen like from entrance rando and obviously that is our biggest sample size for quick swap at this point uh, as far as competitive racing goes uh, a lot of times like if you have the blue cane or the cape uh, it's really easy to you know swap over to that uh say either in eep or the eastern uh, the Eastern Palace Cannonballs room where you could just dash straight up the middle and you don't have to worry about dodging uh, dodging the balls. Another example with that same strat would be Turtle Rock with the crystal, or the not the crystal roller room, but the double roller room where the, the two chests are at the top after the fire, you know, torch puzzle. 
that's a, that's another really good room to potentially save a little bit of time in. Not a lot, but a little bit. Um, another thing we've seen is, you know, sometimes Stalfos can be a little aggravating, uh, especially if you're low percent, maybe, uh, inside of Ganon's Tower. And I think this has more application and entrance more so than like an open 7-7, but mm -hmm. uh, you could like go over to Ether really quick. That's a, out of the three medallions, that is a pretty quick one to, you know, the animation rather is pretty quick. And, uh, you know, you just completely clear out all the Stalfos in that room. So if you've got the magic, you know, you could use that. And there's there's many more, and, I, you know, I, I could keep going. You know, Herf was talking about going switching over to bombs. If you've got hook, it's just one tap over, and then if you don't have boots, you can be zipping around, potentially, to things that are hook shottable. You know, we've talked about that in previous episodes. So. Oh, yeah, the hook shot. Yeah, switching to that real quick is going to be a big one, I think. And I think that's going to help a lot of people who like to have that hook shot out for safety, maybe, you know, with stunning enemies. You know, that being able to get back to it quickly is something, you know, if it's available, you know, that's something that's, you know, a safety for, for a lot. But, yeah, there, there's, there's a ton of options. And, you know, feel free to, you know, plug away on the Discord. And if you if you've got some... Uh, things you want to share as far as your experience with quick swap and things that have you know been beneficial uh, I we'd love to hear about them so you know start start chatting away about it <laughs> yeah absolutely I'm looking forward to seeing all of them and hearing all of them one more thing I wanted to mention about quick swap that kind of occurred to me while we were talking here it's it's an element of multitasking that I don't I can't think of any other examples that are in the game right now where you know, you're you're walking to a place, but then you're also thinking ahead to the item you're going to need. And while you're walking and using the directional pad, you're doing the taps with your, you know, index fingers, you know, presumably on the, on the top of your controller or whatever you have your quick swap, swap enabled to. Um, and yeah, I just I just wanted to kind of point that out. I don't think there's any other examples of like I'm I'm doing you know I'm moving my sprite one way, but I'm also manipulating something else. It, it, it kind of separately from that so i could see that being kind of i could see that maybe tripping me up maybe maybe uh maybe that'll be something that's kind of happening with folks here's another issue is i still have not really messed with quick swap very much at all except for like a multi-world once so i'm not speaking really from a point of experience yet i think we're all gonna eventually learn this together as a community um, and hopefully those who have used it will kind of lead the way and, and show us some examples of some things that we need to be thinking about. And I have a feeling we'll probably be talking about it again on this show a little bit um, to maybe call out some more of those strats and things like that. But um, any other final thoughts about Quick Swap before we move on to our next item here? Quick I'm looking forward to it. It is. <laughs> it's really dope. And I'm looking forward to it. Like it, it's it's a quality of life thing. And I like that we have that option now. Yeah, me too. I'm definitely in favor. Definitely looking forward to seeing what we do with it. Cool. Okay, so the next thing we have here, just wanted to shout this out real quick. Uh, uh, there's a person in the community that goes by the name TJB uh, that posted a hover practice ROM in the training room of, of the main Discord. And then uh, Synax shared it with us in our Discord. And it's pretty cool. It's, it's a hover practice ROM that uses Super Mario World uh, sprites. It's really just the sprites. Even the music is is uh, from A Link to the Past. But uh, it's basically Mario uh, standing on a bridge um, in one of those like nighttime backgrounds from Super Mario World. And 
It's a it, you just do what you normally would do on your controller to try to hover basically, and there's a counter at the top of the screen that counts essentially like how many pixels you make it before you drop the hover, and then Mario falls out of the sky, and then it immediately resets without any downtime or lag or anything. So you can just sit there and practice your hover and basically like try to get a high score. Um, and it's a super simple, accessible, easy tool to use. Um, all you have to do is find a ROM of Super Mario World, which you, of course, already own as a cart, right? So you're just going to go download the digital copy of that somewhere from the Internet. I don't know where. You're going to have to find it. And then uh, we'll put a link in the description to the ROM patcher and the actual patch itself. You just you upload the ROM that you have. You upload the patcher, and it will give you this you know modified kind of hover practice tool. Um, Dante, I'm, I'm curious to hear, do you have a high score? Have you, have you had a chance to like, uh, plug away at this thing? Oh yeah. Uh, P-Train and myself both have been, we've been talking about it a little bit in the council channel and having some fun. So, uh, my high score right now is 152. Whew. Uh, that's, that was done. Like a- after doing that, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to keep grinding away at it, but, uh, to give you a little bit of idea, so those scores, if you want to hover Moldorm 2, the score you would need is 34. Um, the two-chest berry platform, I'm believing that's Hookshot Cave, it's a score of around 47 because of the pixel difference. And the Trinex Gap, if you want that, is a score of 231. So, you know, consistency is king when you come, you know, do all that. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just put this out there because p train's a beast uh he's got a f- high score of 411 and oh my gosh. <laughs> that's that's a <laughs> level wow. i don't even know that's like the hovering equivalent of the entirety of turtle rock maybe but uh <laughs> i don't know but yeah it's it's super fun the good thing about this tool if you want to learn how to hover uh it will give you feedback as far as telling you what you did wrong if you don't just keep spamming the button like to start it again it'll say you held or you let go of the button for two frames or you let go of the button for three frames it'll it'll give you like specific feedback now how you go about correcting yourself that's kind of you know in your own like you know coordination but other than that it, it will tell you what you are doing wrong and it was made in Mario world because TJB uh, did post and say that that is the engine they know how to modify, so therefore that's why we're using that. But it does have the exact same effect as Link to the Past, and I think it's a really cool tool. It's super fun to play around with, but um, yeah, I I don't know how much it'll get used. I do think that it's uh, it's useful though. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it would be possible to, and I don't know even know what this would be. Maybe we could, maybe we could figure it out, or maybe someone smarter than us. Uh, if there was a way that you could kind of further instruct somebody on how to hover, like if there was a timing module, maybe or like audio cues, that'd probably be really hard to pull off. But I, because I, I tried it, and like I don't know how to hover, um, and you know I would maybe I, like I one time I got like two as my high score and that was the highest i got in like you know two minutes of trying um if, but if there was some instruction you know like in something that was instructional that was along with it i would definitely be more likely to spend more time on it as of right now it's probably you know I, I i don't know if i'll open it again if i'm being completely honest i think it was a cool tool but until i like seriously sit down i'm like all right damn it i'm gonna learn how to hover <laughs> i don't think i'm <laughs> you know like it's not like i can just come back every day and try a little bit and like slowly get better at it. I do it. I do it audibly. So the, the audio cues are my controller. 
Like that's mm-hmm. that's literally how I do like it. Like you so, know what it sounds like when right. you get it going. Once you yeah. once I did that, but someone told me one time it's something around 195 BPM at 16th notes. So if you get a metronome oh. doing that, that's kind of the audible. I don't know if that's right, but that's that's the ballpark that you kind of want to look for. The, the rest of it is, you know, really precise, you know, placement of your hands, too. So just because you have the rhythm doesn't mean, um, you know, that you're going to get it. So, uh, you know, we had an episode on that, and I thought P-Train did a fantastic job of describing how to do everything. But, yeah, it's it's a, a, it's a specific rhythm. It's not a, uh, you know, spam the button. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to mention we had P-Train on to do an episode of that. So if a lot of this sounds totally confusing and weird, I would definitely recommend going back and checking out our the interview that, that I did with P-Train a little while back where he breaks down exactly what you need to do to hover. And, and he's he's the person to listen to when it comes to that. So, uh, But yeah, uh, also check out the description. We'll have a link to that tool. And, um, you know, hovering is great. It lets you skip stuff. You should at least look into it at the very least, I guess. So. Uh, all right, let's move along. Just because Tuesday Tim mentioned this very briefly last time, I did want to revisit it just so so I, we can say that we did. But something about there's this new glitch that was discovered where you can use spin speed to extend the hitbox of your hammer. And I know some folks were kind of workshopping that and finding applications to use it to kill Helmosaur King a little easier, especially like in the NMG route. Um, do either of you know anything about this more than like what I've basically just said? Mm, not in any more detail, really. I mean, people found out that it extends your hammer hitbox, especially when you're hammering up, and it helps with the Helmosaur fight and like swordless stuff, or I guess as you said, NMG and like reverse boss order and weird stuff like that. So uh, people are are trying to put it in and save some time. And is it just like, as far as I'm aware, you just get, you know, give yourself spin speed uh, and then your hammer box is extended? Yeah, essentially. When when I see people use it, they're not moving fast. So it's not exactly that. So it's not spin speed. You're not activating the speed part. You are arming the spin speed part. Yeah. If you've ever done spin speed by, you know, raking your finger from B to A on that next frame... You'll notice that if you tap B, you can't swing your sword, and that is the armed state for that. Or if you've been on the the ladder going up or the the stairs, and you did the hook shot spin speed thing where you press A and Y at the same time, before you come off of the ladder, you're not going any faster, but you can't swing your sword. So you are in that armed state, and that's that's the state you really need to be in to have that hammer hitbox extend in this application. Yeah, I forgot about the ladder. So yeah, you're you're doing the same thing that you do for spin speed, but obviously there's no ladder, so you don't start moving fast. But you have armed it, which now means that, um, and and folks, I guess didn't realize before, but when you have armed spin speed, it means that your hammer hitbox extends, especially north, um, yeah. which is very helpful against Helmsworth King. Okay, well, yeah, I almost never use the hammer on Helmsworth King. I <laughs> I feel like that truly is an NMG, you know, maybe boss boss shuffle kind of thing you know how do you get the mask off uh oh well i mean i use the hammer for that <laughs> okay then, I was about to say, know, are you a bombs guy no no but then i don't keep the hammer out to hit the hit the um the little gem <laughs> thing or whatever i guess um you can use bombs though though that is crazy have you ever done that that's how no. i thought you had to do it as a kid 
Like, I, I was on Helmosaur for so long as a kid. It was like, well, I ran out of bombs. I guess I got to leave and go buy more bombs. Oh, no. Oh, oh dang man. it. How do people get that wrong? I never understood that. Yeah. I'm not bright. You get the hammer in that dungeon. Like, that's how Zelda works. Hush. You use the item. I was, I was I'm like, like six. I'm like sternly yelling at six-year-old Dante right now. Yeah, and like a million other people who are listening to this, too, that all did it with bombs. So I'm, I'm, I'm not opening yeah. my mouth any further. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we, we talked about it. It's done. And with that, uh, let's jump into our GMP community updates. Okay, so we have some exciting news uh, that um, I'm going to let Herfy tell people about. <laughs> <laughs> just springing this on me? Okay. Yeah, just springing it on you. Yeah, yeah, so, I love to hear the sound of your voice, and I haven't heard it enough this episode. <laughs> so we did, uh, as uh, far as when this episode will be released is concerned, uh, it will be dead. But currently, as of the recording, which is on the Saturday... We will do a guest spot on another podcast. Uh, it's the podcast Speedrun Education with Flesh 177. Uh, part one should be released uh, on the same day as our episode is released, if I'm understanding this correctly. Yeah, so it, yeah, it should be out now or out today, if you're listening to this the day it comes mm-hmm. out. And uh, part two is going to release next week, which will be uh, the Wednesday as well, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I think right. so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I can't really talk about how it was yet because we haven't done it yet, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm, I'm curious to see what it's going to be like. Yeah, this, um, this guy, Flesh177, found us, I guess, just through like Google or, or something like that. But he has a speedrun podcast he started earlier this year, and he wanted to do an episode on randomizers and kind of talking about that and invited us to come on and speak with them. And uh, I think it's, it's also like a video podcast. So I hopefully will be able to put a link to a video in the description. if you want to see our uh, wonderful shining faces, then we're going to be on camera for that one. You know, you know, once this comes to light, everyone's going to say, all right, now you've got to do your podcast with video (laughs) format. Like I'm seeing it now. Like I'm seeing the discord pinging as constant. I'm kidding. Yeah, we, well, we actually have a fetch question that's sort of related to that, so we'll, oh. we'll be diving into that uh, <laughs> even later on in the episode. But yeah, um, so yeah, check that out. Uh, we'll of course put a link in the description to the the podcast page at the very least, and if if I'm able to get a video in time, then we'll put that in there as well. Uh, but yeah, very much looking forward to that, and uh, hope you enjoy. We're we're excited to do that and open to opportunities like that in the future. So maybe you'll you'll see some more of that. You know, us guesting around on other shows. Um, another quick, uh, GMP community update, uh, yesterday, Friday, the 11th, we did a little bit of discord reorganizing, um, nothing too major, uh, although we did end up adding a channel, which we'll talk about here in a second, but, uh, I, I felt like, uh, and, and, you know, after talking to the admins about this as well, we wanted to reorganize the discord in a way that promoted what it was already mostly being used for and kind of what it's meant to be used for. And those two things in my mind are talking about this game and just kind of having conversations around the topics around it, just like we do on this show, um, you know, and reacting to episodes and things like that. So talking about ALTTPR and playing 
ALTTPR, of course, you know, we all play, we promote playing, practicing, getting better, etc. So we have a section of our Discord that's all about talking about the game and the show. And then we have a section of the Discord that is about organizing races, um, sharing strats, posting your accomplishments, things like that. So um, I guess, you know, if you haven't checked out the Discord and you've been looking for an excuse, this could be a good time to get in and check out our new layout. Uh, you know, join the racer role, ping some racers, see if somebody wants to, you know, get something going. It's perfect for new players uh, that, you know, don't want to race someone who's super experienced, want to race other, you know, newer people. We we have those kinds of folks in our Discord. Um, and then, of course, we've got the biweekly seed stuff. That's all, you know, the same or whatever. But, uh, yeah, so just kind of, you know, freshen it up a little bit. And then we have this new channel that I mentioned. Uh, and shout-outs to Krellbell for suggesting this. Uh, we implemented it uh, based on this suggestion. Uh, we're calling it Cursed Seeds, and it is a place where you can go, and if you play a seed, just maybe on your own, or a race against a friend or something, and it is just an absolutely awful, terrible, no good, very bad seed, and you just need someone else to see it just to confirm that you're not crazy and it really was hell, this is a place you can go and just, like, you know, plop that seed onto the floor in this channel, and then someone will come by and pick it up and uh, believe it or not, we have folks that love to play seats like that. I don't quite get it. I think it's a little sadistic personally, but uh, we had a lot of that happening in our Discord already, so we figured why not you know, make a channel for it. Um, so yeah, that's our Cursed Seed channel. I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of uh, terrible atrocities are, are uh, you know, thrown into that channel. Um, but yeah, a little, little Discord reorganization. Any thoughts? Same yeah, general. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get rid of general chat pretty badly because I just feel like it, it it's too general. Like people don't really use it. But Dante <laughs> wanted to save it and he started a grassroots campaign. He, he uh, I guess, was probably DMing the other admins, if I had to guess, and, you know, bribing them <laughs> to make them vote to save the general channel. Oh, so yeah. you give uh, the most effort I put into that was changing my nickname a couple times and then sending a, a message so Temp would see it. That was. <laughs> that was about it. So if you saw my nickname change in the Discord on Friday a couple times and it said something about hashtag general, uh, that was my campaign. That was the extent of it, though. It was a successful campaign. It was, it, it was run well. So, yeah, post in the general channel while you still can. It has been saved for now. <laughs> <laughs> for now. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about biweekly seeds. So the episode 55, Dancy suggested that key sanity and uh, I did play this one, and it was fun. I liked it. It was it was cool. I don't know nearly enough about keys to be dangerous. I, I had a pretty slow time, but I did enjoy it. I like uh, the added element of the keys, you know, of course, being being mixed around. And, uh, yeah, would, would play again. That would be my review of that one, I guess. Did you play this one, Dante? I did. Uh, I made a couple of dumbs, and, well, I never found boots. Uh, I was really salty when I watched uh, a stream of Sailor Nep playing this later on, and she found boots, and I was like, are you kidding me? They were there <laughs> the whole time. But most people who got a good time on this actually didn't find the boots, I don't think. So, mm. um, you know, shout-outs to them. There were some really good times from some folks on this, just given how it was pretty much bootsless in a way. So, uh, so yeah, this was a mess. That's, that's what Key Sanity is. But we've got something special for you guys this week. Uh, we're going back to our grassroots, and by that, I mean it's open 7-7, but Quick Swap will be enabled if you want to use it. I encourage you to do so, 
if you're going to be prepping for that ladder and the league and hopefully the future of ALTTPR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tuesday Tim. Tuesday Tim. Tuesday Tim. Hey everybody, Tuesday Tim here. I got a lot to squeeze into this one, so let's just get right down to it. Number one. We've called an audible and we're going to be changing up the bi-weekly seed to be a 7-7 open defeat cannon boots seed instead of just a regular open 7-7. So that's just a quick addendum to what Dante just said. Why are we doing that though? Well, that leads us to number two. On Monday, September 14th, the Speed Gaming Live crew announced dates and details for the qualifier races for that event, and the mode they've chosen is, naturally, open with boot start, hence the BWS change. Check the description for those dates, which run from this Saturday the 19th until Wednesday, September 30th. So I'm just now realizing that all of these races will happen before the next episode comes out, so I guess we'll talk about how they were next time. If you want to be in on that tourney, be sure to try to do five of those races. They throw out your best and worst times, just like they did last year, just like the main tourney usually does. It's the same thing. All right, that's enough for that. Number three, the Racing Council announced today, Tuesday, September 15th, that is, that all those glitches they were reviewing that we talked about last time have all been deemed race legal going forward. So that is to say they didn't reverse a decision on any of them. They would have needed a two-thirds majority to do so. And apparently some of them came kind of close. So maybe we'll talk about that next time. Not sure. There were two new glitches that were brought up along with these old ones. The first one is called Freezer Clip. And it lets you skip killing the Freezor in the first room of IP, which means you can get in without Bombos or a Fire Rod. Unfortunately, it's super hard to pull off and very RNG heavy, and you still need Fire Rod for or Bombos for the other Freezer room and, of course, for the boss. So it's not that helpful anyway. Plus, yeah, it's banned. <laughs> the other one is called Fake Clippers, and it lets you get through Swamp Palace without the flippers. But unfortunately, it requires you to already have that first Swamp Palace key in the first room, so it's only helpful in Key Sanity for that reason. And you still can't cross that final pool before Argus, so you can't skip the flippers altogether. And it's banned, <laughs> like I said. So, yeah, I don't even know if we'll talk about that much next time, because that's pretty much the extent of it, but... Who knows? All right, moving on. Number four. Today is Dante's birthday. Happy birthday, Dante. Number five. I found an ALTTPR league team to be on. So shout outs to Arusta and Tyler Salt of the Long Shots. And thank you for allowing me to join. Super looking forward to it. And finally, number six. I told Dante and Herf already, and I meant to say something while we were recording, and I totally forgot. So here goes. I'm going to be a dad. My wife is pregnant, and we're super excited to meet baby Timp in February of 2021. Whew. Was that everything? I wonder how many times I'm going to have to loop the fairy fountain music for this. Four? Five times? All right, I got to get back to work editing this thing. Timp out. So the bi-weekly seed, we are going to generate it with quick swap enabled. Uh, don't forget. <laughs> that would that would be uh, unfortunate. Um but yeah, let's 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 all try it out. Let's see where we can squeeze, you know, some extra seconds out by quick swapping instead of menuing. Let's see where quick swapping actually hurts us instead of helps, and let's talk about it. So, so I, I'm excited for that. On the topic of you know everybody trying it out, 
uh, is is this enough? The question on at everyone's mind in Discord is, is Quick Swap enough to bring Herfy Durfy out of retirement yet again? <laughs> Herf, what do you think? We, we shall see. We, we will see. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into our feature. Are you guys excited to learn about Ansela? Yeah, I'm, so... I'm excited to learn about the... Uh, I'm sorry, I keep, cu- keep cutting you off today, Herf. Uh, I'm really excited to be learning about the you know ins and outs of this. I just know how to do it. I don't know too much about uh-huh. it. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, Teacher Temp instead of Tuesday Temp. Tell me uh, yep. some things. Cool. Herf, what do you, th- what yeah, do you say? I'm, uh, I'm sort of in the same boat as Dante. I just wanted to say that uh, Ancela is like the big rando mystery to me both in how to use them and as well as what they really are like i have a vague understanding of what to expect and uh, i did a little bit of research but i'm yeah as he said i'm looking forward to teacher tim telling me all about ancilla yeah so i i'd I'd say we're into it now this is it (laughs) so um i totally agree with you herf ancilla is a term that like I mentioned up top, you I feel like you hear it thrown around and you know that it's involved in some glitches. And it's like also like Dante said, you can you can do them, but you might not even know that you're doing them because of some Ansela wonkery. And I just it is driving me crazy that I would hear people talk about this and there's some glitches in particular like Splash Delete and um, spooky that were just like, I know I need to know how to do these because sometimes it locks me out of really important items that I would have loved to have. Um, in the case of Splash Delete, or takes up a lot of time in the case of Spooky, I, I, you know, I feel like if I understood how these glitches worked, it could maybe make it easier to pull them off. And I have to say, after researching Ansela and speaking with some folks and reading some things, um, I went into the practice hack and I, I can do all of these glitches pretty reliably. And I, I think it is, I truly think it is because I understand why they work and what makes them work now. So, I am excited to share this information. Hopefully we can all learn a little bit about Ansela. I will say I'm just going to kind of scratch the surface and only talk about how it relates to, you know, racing rules and NMG percent. Um, Ansela can get really broken and it's the basis for several uh, major glitches and exploration glitches and things like that. Um, I'm not going to talk about any of that. I'm way out of my element there. Um, but the, you know, first five slots of Ansela, yeah, that's something we can we can definitely talk about uh, and, and I think is useful to know. So with that, uh, let's uh, let's get into it a little bit. So Ansela is, I think the, the crazy thing about it is like it's it's you're talking about part of the code of the game. And in a lot of ways, you're changing and altering code that you really shouldn't be able to. So it really is kind of the most magical i think for for that reason of of all of the types of glitches because um it's like it's like hacking into the matrix man you know so (laughs) so ancilla that's a weird word right it's not something uh you know if you google the word ancilla there's not a ton of really recognizable results i had certainly never heard that word before i got into alttpr but ancilla is a form of the word ancillary Ancillary, which, you know, I think probably a lot more people maybe have heard of. And ancillary just means like uh, next to or auxiliary or subordinate um, to throw out a couple of adjectives that I found when I when I Googled it. 
Um, and that's basically what Ansela is. It's uh, it's it's like it's not a sprite, but it's like a sprite in that uh, it's something that comes off of Link or that Link drops. Um, there are other ty- uh, types of these non-sprites. There's another one called Garnish that uh, is mostly for enemies, like sparkles that come off enemies, or like those fire snakes. You know, the only the head can actually hurt you, and then the body kind of trails off. Those are Garnish, and we're not talking about those. But Ansela, generally, for the most part, are, it's the stuff that is coming off of Link. Um, so the way that these uh, Ansela work is there are slots for them, as I mentioned before. And there's basically 10 Ansela slots. Uh, and because it's computer language, uh, it starts at zero. So you've got slots zero through four in the kind of first section. And then you have five through nine in the second section. And those are that like five through nine range. That's sometimes called like um, particles. They're sometimes called replaceable ancilla or particles. Uh, And again, that's kind of more for more uh, advanced uh, glitches that are not approved by the racing council for racing rules. So we're going to be looking at that zero through four for the most part. So. I actually found a really nice uh, explanation of kind of the basis of Ancilla glitches um, on the website zeldadungeon.net. And this was kind of, I guess, like a blog post written by one of the editors of this website named uh, Ewan Crombie. So I I actually uh, brought this to ChexHuman, who is someone in the community who kind of known for knowing quite a bit about Ansela and I had them read this and they also said yeah this is a this is a good write up. So that made me kind of feel pretty confident even though I'm not familiar with you and Crombie. I don't know if they're in the community or what their name is if they are. Um this is this is a good write up. So I'm pretty basically just going to kind of summarize these two paragraphs here as a as a jumping off point for all of this. Ancillae are defined as objects produced or used by Link. These include bombs, the boomerang, Sumeria blocks, and sword sparks. And there's more, by the way. Um, They just listed four of them just now. The game uses locations and memory called slots to deal with how Ancilla items spawn. There are 10 slots, and again, they're 0 to 9 because it's code, and they're split into the two groups, like I mentioned. Some items have specific slots within these groups, too. For example, bombs will only be located in slots 0 and 1. So that's important. Whenever Link lays a bomb uh, and, and it appears on the ground, that means there is a you know, bomb in this Ancilla slot zero. And if you lay another one, now there's one and one. Or actually, it's probably reversed, to be honest. It's probably slot one and then slot zero. But bombs will take up those two slots. All right, and uh, continuing on with the, with the reading here. Upon the player attempting to add an Ancilla to the game by firing an arrow or placing a bomb, for example... The game goes through a set sequence to determine the outcome. First, it checks slots 0 through 4 to count how many are already spawned. If it finds a suitable empty slot, it will add the requested item. If there are no free slots, the game will instead search for any replaceable Ancilla in suitable slots, such as you know an arrow in the wall, and replace that with the requested item. So it's in that final step that uh, y- y- glitches start to occur, basically. Uh, should I stop and ask for questions right now, or is it too early? I mean, so, I... well, I mean, <clears throat> go ahead. Her. I was just gonna say that I've been able to follow along so far. Okay, good. Yeah, that's kind of where I am too. Like, uh, I will say that you know, uh, I guess we probably should have prefaced this 
you know, topic with by saying that this is like the meat and potatoes of, you know, this game. It's kind of like that's what I've gotten out of this so far. It definitely something that like you kind of if you want to learn about this, you you got you kind of almost have to have like a little notepad, you know, jotting some things down. But yeah, keep going. This is actually you know really educational. I think. Okay, perfect, good. I'm, I'm glad you're both still on board. Uh, I feel like it is, yeah, it's complicated stuff. It's We're really digging into the code. But my goal here in the next, uh, you know, the next little bit as we talk about some of these glitches is to, now that we have that base knowledge, we can talk about why some of the things that happen are happening. Um, so surprisingly enough, the first glitch that we're going to get into here is actually fake flipper. And it doesn't strike me as just from looking at it, the kind of glitch that would be ancillary related, but it absolutely is. And, and we'll, we'll talk about why here in a second. Uh, so first of all, the creator of the practice hack uh, named Pincus um, actually has a website with what are called extrications, um, which are basically like glitch explanations working backwards. And I highly recommend them. They've got like nine or 10 of them and they're all really well-written, really interesting reads about the code in A Link to the Past. And they have one article in particular about fake flippering that um, breaks it down and talks about it. I'm, I'm essentially pulling from that, kind of summarizing from that. So, of course, I'll put that link in the description. But um, here is how fake flipper is described by Pincus. So basically what's happening with fake flipper is whenever Link jumps into the water, um, you know, I think a lot of people have heard like the game checks to see if Link has the flippers. And if not, it throws him out. Um, and if if you're able to avoid that check, then you can stay in the water. But it's actually a little bit more complicated than that. What the game does is when you throw Link into the water, it generates a splash ancilla. So this is the splash that comes off of Link. It is it's an ancilla. It's you know just like we said, that's what an ancilla is. It's something that's generated from Link. So this splash ancilla takes eight frames uh, to animate first for the first two frames it's just on screen and then it slowly moves out over the course of eight frames i say slowly but this all happens really really fast so after that eight frame ancilla uh, animation plays on the ninth frame of that ancilla is when it checks to see if you have the flippers or not so meanwhile if you are doing the you know normal fake flippering of going to a screen transition and swimming you know jumping off and swimming over uh, right on the edge of the screen it actually takes you 8 frames from the time that you jump in to the time that you move over to the side of the screen because of Link's uh acceleration based swimming to make it to that screen transition so in the 8 frames there that the uh ancilla animation is playing your activating your move to go to the side of the screen on the ninth frame you have moved and what you did is you deleted the ancilla from the slot so since the ancilla doesn't exist anymore it's not going to make that check to see if link has the flippers or not and now you're swimming huh. so that is actually what's happening with fake flipper is the reason it works is because you deleted the ancilla and the ancilla is what checks to see if you have flippers so that's also the reason why if you want a fake flipper, you have to be like one pixel away from the screen transition. Otherwise, you wouldn't make it in that A-frame window. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're too far away. And then the splash finishes. It detects that Link doesn't have the flippers and it deposits you back onto to the land. So... And, and I, I like to, you know, uh, that's not say like, oh, now we all know how to fake flipper because you probably <laughs> already knew how to fake flipper. But I do think knowing that information that, you know, the ancilla is what makes the check and you delete the ancilla so the check doesn't happen. That is exactly why 
splash deletion works. And that's the next one we're going to talk about here. There is a YouTube video uh, that Koi has done that talks about this uh, in, you know, pretty well. So I will link that in the description. But to tell you about kind of what's going on here. So uh, again, you know, when, when you delete this splash Ancilla, the game doesn't check to see if you have flippers. So um, if you've heard of splash delete before, this is essentially a way to fake flipper without a screen transition, because we're going to do the exact same thing. We're going to delete that splash Ancilla so that the check to see if you have flippers never happens. But the way we're going to do it this time is by overloading all five of those Ancilla slots. So uh, there's a few different ways to do this. I think the most common, the one that Koi outlines in the video, um, and the one that requires the least amount of items, is to use arrows and bombs. So what you can do is face the wall and shoot three arrows into the wall. You actually shoot two arrows, and then immediately after you shoot the third one, you pause and switch over to your bombs, and then you place two bombs. Immediately after you place those two bombs, you want to jump down off of the waterfall. So to what you have done there is you have filled up slots zero and one with two bombs. Those are both on the screen right now. The game needs to account for them. You have shot two arrows into the wall. Those are two arrow and wall uh, Ancilla. So those exist in two of the slots. Then you shoot that third arrow. That is another one of the slots. So we've filled up all five of the Ancilla slots. If you jump down when all five of those are on screen, the splash Ancilla doesn't, it's, it doesn't get generated and you don't get checked for flippers. So you start to fake flipper immediately. You can do this, um, you know, like I said, in, in the Zora area, I think that's probably the most useful, but you can also do it in um, really anywhere that you would need to fake flipper except for swamp. Um, you, you can do this by just deleting the splash. Now, if you don't have the bow, that's no problem. There are a lot of items you can use to fill up these Ancilla slots. Um, the Cane of Samaria always fills up slot four, so you can use that as one of them. When you throw the red boomerang, that's an Ancilla, so you can use that as, as one of your five. But um, you can kind of do this like Ancilla math, um, along with the bombs, which always go in zero and one. Those other three, you can kind of mix and match if you need to of the other items that you have. Uh, to create Ancilla. Another thing you can do is dash real quick, and then your your cloud that comes out from your foot, that's an Ancilla, and that takes up one of the slots. So um, that's that's splash deletion. And again, you know, when you understand that it's these Ancilla, these, these um, you know, supporting sprites, for lack of a better word, that need to be on the screen, and then they, you know, that that splash is not generated, That that's how that works. Yeah, it's definitely something that's, like... It's it sounds much more complicated, especially explaining it, you know, this way um, versus like application. You know, the the explanation for it is really like in depth, but yeah, the application for it, like most players, I think, do know how to do this, and most players do utilize this, you know, in competitive play. I remember when this got became legal, uh, you know, around the fall tournament qualifiers last year, and I was like, oh crap, I better learn this. So like literally before qualifiers, I was practicing it just in case. And, you know, it's super easy to do in a lot of places. The tightest gap, obviously, being that Zora waterfall. So getting the timing down for that is something, you know, you'd want to work on. But <clears throat> also there's, you know, there's that specific scenario where uh, if you have killed Armos, then this will not work unless you have hard reset your console. So, you know, if you are thinking of doing that if you can think that far ahead and you've already killed Armos Knights you may want to 
next time you do a save and quit, just hit that console reset really quick right then. That'll actually fix that as well. Some players have used that in the past as kind of like a strat as a, you know, just in case. Mm. Yeah, there are ways to... um kind of related to you know other things you can you can do to correct or fix ancilla um one of the things you can do and i didn't include anything here because it's a, it's more of a low percent strat uh thing thing that you need to worry about there but you can not collect a heart piece by overloading ancilla slots uh whenever you kill a boss and just immediately collect the crystal and or pendant that lands and their idea is you know lower percent can be lower when you do that but also um, you know, if you kind of time it right, skipping that heart piece actually saves a, a small amount of time. So it could actually, you yeah. know, if, if you're looking to get a world record, um, you know, that's the kind of strat that you might be you might be looking to use. But that's another example of, you know, Ancilla um, manipulation, you know, ha- having another effect on the game that we can we can technically we can utilize to our advantage, but probably not everyone does. <clears throat> um, so the, the last one I want to talk about in depth here is one that was actually on my random resolution list. So yeah, with spooky action, um, we are going to include here a link uh, to a tutorial by P-Train uh, of how to do this, but uh, just to kind of give a brief overview, uh, we're talking about you know the spooky action in Meyer, where you can trigger the crystal switches from different uh, places, uh, or different rooms rather. So you want to start by fluting to six, and uh, when you land, you instantly want to walk like southeast. And the, the important thing there is south, so you are south of the rock that you normally walk to, uh, to go into the dark world, and, um, you know, once you're below it, when the bird leaves the screen, the, the bird's altitude at that height, for some reason, that is stored in Ancilla slot 4, so that slot is basically occupied, and then, you know, you go about doing the dungeon the normal way, uh, you do need the fire rod for this, I do want to clarify that, um, you know, we want to make sure we don't want to override anything in slot four. And the biggest thing that uses slot four here is that red cane or the cane of Samaria. And there are ways, you know, to kind of get around that. Uh, also, uh, a side note, if you come in here with low magic and you use the lamp to light the torches on the left side, uh, you know, to preserve that magic before going to the cutscene room, the lamp will also override slot four and it'll cause the spooky action to go away. The other thing is magic powder. If you get in a situation of, oh no, I'm about to die, let me powder this anti-fairy, or you know this bunny beam under this pot, that's another thing that's going to override that and completely knock you out of being able you know, to do your spooky action. The biggest thing, though, that is unavoidable, you can avoid those things if you, you know, budget well. The biggest thing, though, you can't get around is... Uh, using the red cane in the basement on that uh, that you know button, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the the panel the switch right. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of a, a more professional term than button, but you know, <laughs> just put the thing on the button. But yeah, so what you could do here, and you see the players do this in tournaments. Uh, you've got the dust cloud, so you, from your boots, and if you tap A right before you press it, your dust cloud will preserve that slot four. And it'll cause the cane to be in slot three, and that altitude value will be unaltered at that point. Uh, there are options like, oh no, what if I don't have the boots, like our key sanity seed last week and uh, or last episode? 
So uh, to get around that, there's multiple ways. Uh, you can use a sword beam if you have a master sword or higher and are at full health. Uh, you can use an ice rod shot. Um, another thing you can do is if you have silver arrows, you can shoot one of those to the side as long as those particles from those things are on the screen. Ice rod, uh, master sword beam, or uh, the silver arrows, you you know can place the cane block and you'll still be good to go. But uh, after that, then what you want to be able to do is there's three specific spots in the Meyer basement where you can use that fire rod and it'll hit uh, the way this Ancilla stuff works in depth. It'll hit 130 pixels higher than what it's supposed to do or where it's supposed to be. And I think that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, you know, it's so wild. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because the other examples of Ancilla that we've talked about are like sprite or like items they're like depictions of a thing this is a, a altitude coordinate and it's so weird because an altitude coordinate and a dust cloud can both occupy slot four at the same time and that's okay but if a cane if you drop a cane block that overwrites the altitude i don't understand what the hell's going on there or why <laughs> that works but even just understanding the you know the altitude is saved and there are ways to preserve that. And that's how and why spooky works. That was kind of a revelation for me that I, I was not getting that, but, and then like when you go through and you do use the fire rod in the few places in the basement that you do, it makes sense that you're using them where you are because you're actually hitting something that's 130 pixels higher than where you're standing. And that like, I, I was not getting that. And so that was a huge game changer to me. And I hope if anyone out there doesn't know Spooky or didn't before now, maybe this is helping it click a little bit because it definitely did for me. Yeah, it's it's I'll be honest, I these in and outs, you know, of the specific Ancilla, which slot is what I didn't know these coming into this, but yeah. I knew how to do it and right. I knew how to preserve it. But uh, knowing that kind of. I don't know. I feel like it adds a layer of the knowledge and, you know, you can kind of have that in your back pocket. You know, I don't think a lot of our community is like uh, our glitch hunters, like like our friend Kern is. But mm -hmm. having this knowledge definitely can help you potentially find things as well. You know, this game's what, 30 years old almost, and we are still finding out crazy tech. So uh, this, this is just another example, and I, I kind of rabbit trailed there. But, um, but yeah, like, Spooky makes Meyer so much faster. That's 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 something I feel like it's a free thing. Once you've learned it once or twice or like practiced it once or twice, it should be something you know. And then at that point, you should be able to utilize it uh, in all of your races and, you know, save a little bit of time. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there are a few other applications of um, Ancilla glitches that are race legal and just not used that much. Uh, but I have listed the first one here as one that is race legal. I don't see used as much, uh, but I think is super useful to know and pretty easy to, to pull off. Uh, so this is Samaria Magic Refill. Are you guys familiar with this one? Uh, Danty, I'm sure you probably are. Yeah, I've I've practiced this recently, actually, just as an in-case type thing. But uh, it's it's not something I've really had the opportunity to be able to actually use in a race yet. Yeah, Herf, had you heard of this one? Not really. I mean, I I kind of had a idea about there being a a thing that makes it able so you can do that, but I didn't know it had to do with Ancilla and how it works exactly. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I was aware of it, but I figured it must be something super complicated, and that's why you never see it. It's really not. So all you have to do is, uh, of course, you have to have the Cane of Samaria. Um, you're just overloading all four of the Ancilla slots, and then while they're all four, uh, or, or while all five of them are filled up, you just spam the cane, and every time you hit the button, you'll get a little bit of magic back, like as if you just got a magic, re- you know, small magic refill. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the setup that you see for this most often, and check the description, we'll have the link to um, this glitches wiki page that shows a bunch of different. Uh, arrays you can use but the easiest one um, to pull off is you just lay down two bombs and you throw the red boomerang and then while the red boomerang is out when you spam the cane you will you will regenerate magic so i see this being most useful like in a ganon fight if you run out of magic you know for a torch glitch or during phase four um, but you do have enough to use the cane two times and you found the red boomerang somewhere, like, you're saved. You don't have to get out of that fight and go find magic because just lay down two bombs, throw the red boomerang diagonally across the, uh, you know, across the stage and spam the cane and you'll have enough magic to keep doing what you need to do. So I think this is extremely useful. Um, If you can incorporate this into a race and it saves you from having to do like a reset on Ganon, I'm going to be extremely impressed with you. And, And you'll have done it because of the help of Ancela, so... Um, try to work that one in. I'm definitely going to be thinking about it. Uh, a couple others, and these are really, uh, truly useless. <laughs> one is this lamp controlled Samaria bounce. I think we've mentioned it once before, uh, but it is a way that you can get a Samaria block to bounce around the screen in sort of an irregular way and activate it, uh, remotely. Um, the only place this can really help you is in that one Turtle Rock Crystal Roller room. If you accidentally lock yourself over there with the chest, um, you can do a series of Samaria bounces using the torch. Basically, what you're doing, again, is you know overflowing all the slots while a block is out. Um, and then that just causes weird stuff to happen. And in this case, what that weird thing is, it causes this block to bounce all around. So that can let the block bounce over to the Crystal Switch where you can then detonate it and unfree yourself from the dumb trap that you put yourself in. Uh, but that's really the only time you ever use that. But again, technically, you know, we're, we're manipulating Ansela, so I did want to shout it out. Um, another one is uh, bomb duping. So uh, one of the ways that you can prevent a big bomb from exploding, and there are a few ways to do that. You know, you can screen transition. Um, that's usually the most common one that you see. Um, but another way you can do that is by overflowing Ansela. You know, if you had some need to do that, that is a, uh, just another effect that Ansela can have on the game uh, related to this bomb. And then, of course, there are all of the game-breakingly major glitches that you can pull off with Ansela if you take the time to learn a little bit more than kind of this basis we've given you today. Uh, there are a lot of things rela- relating to basically like tricking the game into using the hook shots velocity uh, into using that for your velocity and pushing you through walls and uh, pushing you, you know, through screen transitions and things like that. Um, There is a way that you can get a bomb to just blow up repeatedly and you can just put that right in the middle of Vitreous and the bomb just basically kills all of the eyeballs by itself after a little while. There's, of course, the exploration glitch, which is Ansela related. So um, the main way that you break the game, from what I understand, is, as I mentioned before, bombs always go into slot 0 and 1. If you can find a way to get a bomb to go into a different Ancela slot or even to the memory of the game, which starts to happen in, like, the 80s, 
um, when all 10 are filled up, that's when stuff gets really weird. And again, we're not going to get into that. But um, if you wanted to learn, you're kind of halfway there because now we understand sort of the, the basics of Ansela. So uh, what do you guys think? Has this been helpful? Is this something you could see yourself kind of thinking about when you play Future Seeds? Where are you at now? Yeah, very cool. I think that was really helpful to mainly understand what is even happening when stuff with Ancilla is happening. Because as we were going through all of these, you know, when you watch, even when you watch people do it, when you see like a bomb jump or something, you can kind of, you don't know the exact lineup, but you know, all right, this guy, you know, puts a bomb here and then he faces this direction and then he ends up here and that's a bomb jump. But with Ancilla, it's like, all right, the guy flutes to six and then he dashes in the spot for no reason and then he waits here for a second and then he gets there and shoots his fire out into some place <laughs> and then suddenly it works. Right. And you, you don't really get like a grasp of what is even happening. And this really helped understand, helped me understand what, what is even going on when someone's doing like spooky or a splash deletion or something. Yeah. That's all I wanted is when, when this word Ansela gets brought up, which is such a weird word, it's never heard anywhere else. Like now we have a little bit of context of like what it means, what's going on. And the other thing is Ansela glitches are even to this day, they're still in the workshop. They're in the lab. People are, are messing with this. And uh, if you're listening to this in the future, it's very possible we left off one that was discovered after we recorded this. Because um, there are still still advancements coming from, you know, uh, investigating Ancilla. So, um, yeah, but I think that's uh, that's it. So let's uh, let's move on to our fetch questions and let's wrap it up. All right. So we have one fetch question this time from Crazy Sunshine. And uh, they ask, hello, long time listener, first time writer. I noticed that you guys have a Twitch channel for when you host races. Have you thought about using the channel to also record the podcast and have the three hosts and a guest when needed on camera for a live broadcast and then releasing the audio version afterwards? Thank you and keep up the good work. So that was from Crazy Sunshine. Thank you, uh, Sunshine, for the question. So, yeah, like I said, we uh, we can kind of pick this conversation up from, from when we had it before <laughs> in the episode. Um, we have definitely thought about this. It's It's been brought up in the past. Um, if not doing a live record, then maybe even just, you know, having a live premiere of the episode that goes out. That is something we've talked about. Here's the kind of weird spot that I feel like we're in now is any like major updates or improvements that we make to the show. I feel like we need to charge money for them. <laughs> because we just talked about that not too long you know that was sort of the idea with the patreon was like we had ideas for things that we wanted or, or you know we were kind of generating ideas for things that we wanted to maybe kind of do above and beyond and um they kind of got put in a patreon folder and we've kind of decided not to open that folder just yet and all of those options are definitely there uh I think if and when we ever went to that sort of model, we would definitely do some something a little different with the episode releases, whether it is, you know, opening up our Saturday morning recording sessions and letting people listen or, uh, you know, uh, premiering them live and, and having a live listen where people can react in real time. I don't know. It's definitely something we've thought about, though. I can I can say that with confidence. You guys have any thoughts on this topic? Uh, well, for me personally, I think 
if we were to do something like that, it will be like a special kind of deal, you know? Yeah. Like regardless of money or not, it wouldn't be a regular kind of thing where we just stream every recording session that we do on Twitch. Maybe for an episode or two per year or something where we're like, all right, this is our anniversary episode and for this we're doing something special or something. A live app for a special occasion. That's a good idea. So, and uh, I'm cool with that. And another thing that we have to keep in mind and that also the listeners have to keep in mind, even though we don't like super edit things that we say afterwards, like there's not a lot of stuff that ends up on the cutting room floor because you're heavily editing what we're talking about or something it's still going to be unedited if we all stream like a discord video call live on on uh on twitch while we're recording this so even though the difference isn't huge there might be some stuff that could be a little you know weird for us or for the viewers slash listeners yeah, here's an example from this very episode. I was talking through the whole thing, and I got a frog in my throat and had to cough for like no, a minute. No, get it right. You had some ancillary. <laughs> I had some throat. Throat. That's what <laughs> in my throat. Gotta give her credit for that one. My slots, oh, that was a pretty my, good one. My throat slots were full of ancillary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I had to just like stop and take water for like 30, 30 seconds or so. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that gets edited out and, you know, I like being able to do that and not having to worry about a bunch of people like staring at me being like, whoa, is, is he okay? Does he have COVID? You know? So yeah. Are and you I dying? Think, <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, for a one time live experience while we're recording, that would be okay. Yeah. But we would definitely turn off like VOD recording and we wouldn't release it to our YouTube and you wouldn't be able to view it again. You'd have to listen to the episode afterwards. That's a good point. Yeah. If there's no VOD of it, it's just like, yeah. You're there when it happens, or you get the exactly. Later. And yeah. I think you know, I'm I'm cool with doing it for like special episodes of some sort. You know, be it a Christmas episode or an anniversary, some something like that. But it's got to be a special occasion thing. Okay, cool. I mean, yeah. if people start paying us big bucks to do it every time, <laughs> I'm not That's against what I'm saying. that I either. Yeah, I hope people don't get the wrong idea, like I'm greedy or something. I just you know, when we have to do something that takes more effort, there you know. I mean, it, uh, yeah. back in April, I mean, I got us that Gannon's Tower escape room sponsorship, and you guys <laughs> just totally shot it down. So uh, I you mean, didn't go it through the proper channels. a little shady, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, it just seemed a little shady. Your heart was in the right place, and that's why I gave you the grade that I gave you. Uh, I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, Crazy Sunshine, thank you for the question. Definitely a good one. And uh, yeah, to summarize, definitely stuff that we are uh, thinking about. So um, that is going to do it for us in this episode. Let's go ahead and get things wrapped up here. Uh, send us an email, email at gomodepodcast.com. You can tweet at us at gomodepodcast and join our Discord. Check out, uh, we recently cleaned up the place, so come come see our renovations. Um, you can watch me play, actually, before I do my own uh, promotion, I wanted to give another special thank you to Chex Human. Uh, for being a good sport and uh, peer reviewing some of my sources and providing a little extra information for the episode. So that's very much appreciated. Um, and again, a, a, another shout out to all the authors that I sourced during my research. Again, check the episode description to read more into all of those. Um, 
if you want to watch me play rando, you can do so at twitch.tv slash temp underscore. Also been writing music a little bit more. Uh, still working on temp.msu. It's it's uh, in the in, in process, in progress right now. Um, so if you wanted to maybe catch a peek of me writing some of those tracks, you can uh, stop by and see me there. What about you guys? Dante, go. Oh, oh, okay. I was go, trying go. to like be quiet for <laughs> once. Um, no, so I guess I, I want to shout out my grill because I've been cooking a lot. Because <laughs> <Nice. laughs> that's all. I want. some incredible pictures. Um, so probably the t- also the first time in like five years that anyone is referring to an actual grill when they say I want to shout out my grill. Yeah, not, not like my fake teeth, but my actual like. That's another reason we need video. So, so we can see Dante's sweet grill. I gotta, I gotta plug this because I'm. I'm I hope I don't ruin it. Uh, I'm like again, we're recording this Saturday. My birthday is Tuesday, uh, and I am celebrating just a, a tad early. By uh, we bought. Uh, I thought we were getting one. We got two of the big tomahawk ribeye steaks that have like the big bone attached to them. Like, mm-hmm. they look kind of like a Flintstones type, you know, piece of meat, if you're familiar with that old cartoon, you know, where the, like, the car flips over when they sit it on there. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm cooking two of those today, and I am I hope the rain, or the clouds do not start dropping rain, so I can actually enjoy that. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Nice. A big old rack of brontosaurus ribs. Yes. That nice. sounds great. Yeah. Uh, Herf, what about you? Well, uh, let's see. I want to shout out. <laughs> Here it comes, guys. You're not going to believe this. I want to shout out HGTV's House Flipper game. Uh, <laughs> what? A game? <laughs> Brought yes. to you by. Brought to you by HGTV. Um, it's a weird game where you're in first person and you're playing a guy who lives in a little shed and who accepts jobs to, uh, like, clean or renovate or help people in their houses of some sort. And you level up doing it so you can clean and paint faster. And uh, you can buy houses and renovate them and then flip them for profit. And uh, I just recently bought myself a moon base with all the money that I've made. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like an extremely cool video game. It's um, it's so stupid and it's like not challenging at all, but it's so zen. What is because, the gameplay? Are you renovating or are you yeah, managing Yeah, so you're the going sim? into so let's say the, the the gameplay is different for what you're doing. If you're doing like the tasks that earn you your first money so you can buy houses, there'll be like a task where someone's like, "All right, so uh, I bought this house and I need you to put uh like heating stuff in every room and I need you to paint two of the rooms a certain color and uh, you need to clean up all the trash and the dirt and so you go in and you pick up all the dirt you know it's everything you do in this game is done with a left mouse basically and you pick up all the dirt and then you get out your little wiper and clean up all the surfaces and then you paint and you have to buy the right paint and make sure it doesn't run out while you're painting and once you're done, uh, it'll tell you that you you're finished with the job, and and they'll pay you. Very good. Uh, well, I'm gonna put a link uh, in the description <laughs> to that game, just because I know people are gonna want to check that out. So <laughs> I'll save you a click. Just go to the description, and we'll get you where you need to go. I'm I'm immediately when this uh, stop recording ends, I'm gonna go check it out. 
Um, oh, I didn't shout anything out this time. Um, I, I hate to be basic and do another free Epic game, but I've been playing the 2016 Hitman. That game mm-hmm. is fun. Nice. That's a very fun game. Like the first uh, full level is like uh, Fashion Week in Paris. You're walking around at this like crowded, like posh, you know, like runway show. It's super cool. Super cool game. Um, oh, and uh, I guess another quick shout out to uh, check us out on Speedrun Education. Um, we'll put a link to that in the description. And, uh, you know, if you can catch the video, if you're able to kind of relates back to our question then then feel free to check that out we'll we'll try to link that for you um oh and uh if you're able to leave us a review on itunes that would be super helpful we're at 46 i think right now love to try to get to 50 by the end of the year uh dante i don't mean to put you on the spot but uh you had previously done a really good job of generating some uh helpful phrases that folks can leave if they don't have an idea of something to kind of write for themselves uh, do you have any suggestions for maybe things that folks could, uh, you know, say in our in our reviews? Uh, sure, you could say "Go 50 Go." Uh, that'll be, you know, if you if you can't think of anything and you you know want to put something, just say "Go 50 Go." I think that'll uh, help temp out a little bit, you know, uh, with our goal here. And I think also, uh, you know, you'll unintentionally be making a slight rhythm game reference with the wrong number, so. Uh, we'll, we'll go with go 50 go. <laughs> How about this? Uh, you could also say, I understood what Dante said at the end of the last episode. Uh, cause that's pretty unique. I, I feel like not a whole lot of people would have gotten that reference. You just made, it certainly went way over my head. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no way I expected anybody to do it. I was just like, you know, or, you know, actually understand it. It was more of a, uh, like we want to get to 50. So go, 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 you know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Go, go, go. Fighting for 50. Uh, so if you can leave a review, that definitely helps us out. Uh, also, if you feel like shooting us a donation, we do have that donation link up, and uh, that's helpful. All right, that will do it for us uh, this week. We will be back in two weeks with another one. Uh, let me just – haven't done this in a while, but I'm going to – Go ahead and uh, uncross my legs here. Uh, they're very much asleep. Uh, all of the blood has been <laughs> cut off from circulation. Very uncomfortable. Uh, we'll reach down here in my bag and let's see what we got in here. Oh, oh, I've got this. Uh, got this magic mirror here. Maybe we should. Um... That that doesn't do anything with Ancilla. No, no, it's very straightforward. You just use it like normal. So let's just let's just get this mirror out. Let's let's use it as normal. Let's mirror out. Mm-hmm.